this is Tooth Be Toe. This is Dr. Walter Aka. I have my two co-hosts with me, Dr. Kyle Dumpert and Dr. Gary Dennis. What's going on, gentlemen? It's happening. Another new day, another day in paradise. Yeah, man, pretty much. Uh, so we have... Uh, say what? Greetings and salutations. Oh, I forgot about it. <laughs> <laughs> that shit. Oh, Jesus Christ. Almost okay. got away without it. I really did. I kept trying to talk fast so that he wouldn't say happen. that. I'm gonna <laughs> but we have uh, we have the honor of having two uh, fourth-year dental students with us, Amin and Dave. Uh, can you please introduce yourself? We'll start with Dave. Uh, my name is Dave Morbido. I go to University of Maryland with Amin Solari here. We're fourth year and uh, getting ready to graduate in a couple weeks with no graduation, of course, <laughs> just a diploma. <laughs> we'll talk about that. Uh, Amin, go uh, ahead, brother. Uh, I'm Amin Solari. Uh, I also go to University of Maryland with David Morbido. And like you said, we're just trying to figure out what's going to happen. And one thing we do know, though, no walk. <laughs> and is that a good thing or a bad thing? Uh, it's actually bad for me because I didn't care about my high school or undergrad. The only one I cared about was my dental school one, and it's canceled. We're missing out on that big celebration. Yeah. Oh, jeez. Mm-hmm. Wow. That's that's karma. That's karma. Yeah. Yeah. Back at you for not caring about the other one. <laughs> so it, it's not postponed till later in the summer, or it's, not, it's just canceled altogether. They would have to come back from work just to walk. They have to, uh, they have yeah. to any updates on? They've canceled it altogether. They haven't given us any updates on. You know, if there's going to be a hooding ceremony later, but wow. still more questions than answers. Would you yeah. come back for it, though? I live I, close. I mean, I I don't know if it's on the weekend, maybe for the hooding ceremony, just to say you can get that picture, you know, I guess, I guess. it's a very expensive, it's a very expensive picture. I wouldn't come back. I would not come back. <laughs> I'd be like, screw you guys. I'd be like, I'm making money now. <laughs> right. Uh, well, now you're wasting more of my money. <laughs> yeah. They'll fly us in. If they fly us in, then, then we'll do it. They, oh, <laughs> oh that's, that, that's that Maryland State money. Huh? That, that's that rich school money <laughs> because <laughs> Pitt would actually tell me to pay them to fly me in. They'd be like, you got to pay and you got to fly in. You know? <laughs> anyway, uh, gentlemen, so, you know, we're very honored to have you guys just because, you know, a lot of people want to know what's happening with schools, right? I mean, for example, my, you know, my, my daughter's daycare is canceled and it, it affects me. It doesn't really do much in anything else, but it just, it irritates me because I'm, a, I found out I'm a horrible teacher. Um, you know what I mean? But as for everybody else, you know, you're about to graduate. You don't know if you have your requirements ready to graduate. You don't even know if um coda is actually going to certify you as dentist so there's a lot of different variables that go into this you know this uh this void that you guys are going through right now you're pretty much sitting at home or maybe working with your uh with future employers whatever it may be we don't know right but there's a lot of stuff going on we want to kind of sit down and talk to you two and ask you guys questions if you don't mind about what the future holds and what you guys have learned so far from your school so i'll start off uh, and then we'll go to dr dumpert and then dr dennis uh so for me i want to know First off, what have you heard from your school about graduation, if you are going to graduate or not? David? Uh, well, so like I said, they've canceled the ceremony itself. But as for getting our diplomas, they haven't said much. And they're still having meetings with CODA to determine whether um, our supplemental work right now is going to count for credit. So they're having us do these online modules for each class, um, basically reading research articles and doing case studies and coming up with treatment plans, a uh, whole online learning program. Uh, but again, we're doing this in spite of knowing whether it'll count 
or not. So we won't know. And again, there's more questions than answers because we're just doing it because they're telling us it's for a grade. So we have to do it. So spring semester of, of, you know, my, my fourth year, that's uh, really when you're getting all those clinical requirements checked off the list. You know, your, your crowns, your dentures, your uh, root canals, that kind of stuff. Uh, I guess, where do you guys stand with the requirements that you need to have completed, you know, with the, I assume the the clinics being canceled at the school and everything, um, has the school given you any kind of guidelines on uh, where those clinical requirements stand? So from what I know, um, well, for me, I still need some crowns and uh, some competencies to be completed. Uh, we just got some emails about like this, the faculty are trying to figure out who needs what right now. So that way they're going to um, supplement some some random uh, competency online that will qualify for it. But again, like David said, they're going back and forth with CODA to see if that actually does qualify. And I know different uh, schools are just doing different things, but no one really has an answer. They keep saying April 13th is going to be the next deadline where they're going to give us more answers on what counts and what doesn't. Dr. Dennis? So my question is is, is about the nerve. I'm guessing you all are both taking the nerve. Mm-hmm. Well, explain, we have, explain yes. the nerve, explain the nerve, Dr. Dennis. So, uh, that's the, your licensure exam. I think that covers, well, when I took it, it covered 37 states. Now it probably covers, I don't know, like 45 or I don't know. They keep adding, uh, states every year. And Is then, it still called the nerve? Yes. Okay. But, a, but ADEX now, before, when I took it, ADEX only was the administrator of a few of the exams as far as like NERB, REB, and whatever else. But I think now ADEX is actually the administrator of all of the uh, dental licensures. So you can actually, you know, get, if, if, if your specific NERB or REB doesn't cover a certain state, now you can actually get approval to get into another state that's not covered and whatnot because ADEX runs them all now. Okay. So go ahead and ask your question again. Uh, so as far as the NERB, have you all completed the, the whole part of the, all the parts of the NERB so far? Like, or is there any other parts that need to be completed for you to get the licensure? Like, how's that, how's that working? How's that going on with, you know, this COVID uh, so pandemic? The, we, we took the ADEX exam and that was administered by the CDCA for us. I know down in Virginia, it's, um, CETA. It's a different organization that runs the, runs the test. As for Marylanders, we're lucky enough to where we had our patient-based exam earlier in February. So most of us have completed our patient base and our mannequin boards and our written boards. Uh, so we're fortunate in that matter. There's some dental schools like VCU where they're still trying to figure out uh, what they're going to do. Um, I think they're getting ready to pull out a mannequin to supplement the patient base for them from what I've heard. Okay, so basically, Maryland, most of you guys have taken the actual hands-on clinical uh, exam to become dentist. You know, uh, the only thing that you guys are waiting for is your school's requirements. Well, to become a licensed To become a licensed dentist. Correct. We're waiting for for, for those credits to be applied and to get the diploma. That's our last step to be able to apply for our licenses, waiting for the diploma. Okay, so then the question for me, for me is, what are your requirements? Break it down between, you know, from 
crowns to extractions to restorative. Break that down for us. What are your requirements in order for you guys, for your school to acknowledge you guys as saying you're complete and you're you're competent enough to be a dentist? So, well, starting out with the crowns, uh, I know that's point-based now. Um, I think it's always been point-based. And with the way we calculated it, we have to do about 12 crowns for it to qualify. Um, actually, near the end, before the pandemic happened, they made some adjustments that... Um, you got some extra points from somewhere else from doing some extra steps. So we had to do less than 12 crowns. This was to kind of help people get their requirements. Uh, we don't have any extraction or, or surgery requirements except for nitrous. We just have to do a competency there. Um, oh, for extractions, we just have to do like um, three teeth and then an alveoloplasty. But that's about it. In terms of the other requirements, uh, I, I don't even know where to begin. We have a, everything that you do, we have a competency for. Uh, scaling, your EOE, IOE, your extra oral exam, intra oral exam, uh, or the cancer screening, we have a competency for that. Uh, consent forms, we have competencies. Endo, root canals, we only have to do three teeth, um, technically, at the bare minimum. Scaling group planning, I mentioned. Treatment planning, we have to have a perio treatment plan, competency, uh, uh, tr- like the actual, just a general dentistry treatment plan, competency, just a bunch of stuff on those fronts. Um, in the beginning, it's always hectic. Well, we six, uh, six units or yeah, six yeah. arches. For what? Perio. So you have to clean we- six arches. No, no, no. no. Remo. Remo. Oh, oh removable. Oh, okay, oh, removable. Oh, oh. Okay. Uh, removable dentures. Yeah. Got you. Okay, okay. Yep. Okay, cool. Uh, Dr. Dumpert. I assume you guys have taken out student loans at this point. And can you give us any insight on what any of these new laws that have been passed to help everybody out? Are you guys benefiting from you know, our, our student, is student loan interest still accumulating for you guys? Are you having to, uh, is there, you know, I think whenever I graduated, you had, you know, a grace period of a couple of months before you had to start paying it back. Has any of that changed? Uh, you know, where, where does, does your student loan stand at this point? So for me, my loans are through a, um, are, they're private, uh, through a family member, uh, cause I was able to get a better interest rate with them. So I've been paying interest throughout school and I'll probably just be paying it continuously. Uh, but I did watch some webinars because I'll have to switch over to a different loan later. Private loans, there are some investors that are giving you a three-month grace period of no payment. Some of them are giving you six-month no payment. As for the federal, if you have student loans through Grab Plus um, or anything like that, they have looked up to doing a year of grace period. Follow up. I, I was going to say, so with, with graduation and approaching, what are your guys' plans for um you know, after you graduate, before it, is it, were you going into private practice, corporate, going into residencies? Um, what were each of you doing there? So I, uh, like right now, I'm actually trying to post-match into a peri residency, trying to see if any spots maybe open up or not. If not, then I'm going to um, work for my dad for about a year as a GD because he's a periodontist and uh, reapply next year what about I'm you planning to go on a, in the private practice as well with with my father so i'm fortunate to where i have a practice that i can walk into i worry for those who don't have any any connections if they're not going to corporate or if they're not military and if they're not going into residency it might be tough trying to find a job after this have you talked to any of your classmates about 
Now, any of those concerns? Most of my friends that I know, they're going into residency or they're in the military. I can't, there's probably maybe one or two that I know that are going to private practice, but they already have their jobs lined up. Okay. Yeah, they haven't mentioned uh, any concerns. It seems like things are still fine for them. Okay. Well, Dr. Dennis, because I have a question about that. Uh, no, go ahead. Ask your question. Okay. Well, it, it, it concerns me uh, that you guys have no concerns, if that makes any sense. Uh, because anybody that's working right now is freaking out, right? Uh, yeah. It's been about a month of just chaos. And you guys are coming in here. You're chilling. You're like, oh, I'm okay. I'm, I'm so happy to be coming into this. <laughs> and, and to me, I'm just looking at you two. Just uh, going how like, that sound again? How that, how that it's go okay. Again? <laughs> <laughs> no, no. I mean, I'm not trying to be funny, but it, it really is kind of like, it, you know, to me, it's like, man, you guys are so optimistic about what's happening that it concerns me to to the point where I'm just like, do you just not know what's happening? Or it's just that people have sheltered you guys enough in school where you don't have any clue what's happening until it hits you in your face. And that's the question that I have. It's kind of like, you know, have you talked to your dad to see, hey, dad, did you furlough anybody? And if you furloughed them, like, what's going to happen with me when I join you guys in a, in, in a month or two? Because we don't know when this is all going to end. Does that make sense? So before you guys answer. Yes. So, you know, he's he, he's tough talking you guys right now. No, no. Okay? Who's don't, tough don't talking? Tough Who's like tough that? talking? It's the truth. <laughs> Right. No, I'm right. serious. These guys happen truth. to be in in a very good position. Uh, both their their fathers yes. are, are are dentists, right? And um, it's it's a unique position. Okay, uh, agreed. Uh, so you know they're they're in a, they're in a very good spot. Okay, you know? but no one right, is saying I'm that. Let you no, no, no. Question. Okay, see, no one is saying that they're not in a good spot. What I'm saying is, everybody in dentistry is suffering right now. Right. Everybody is only seeing emergencies. If you look at the revenue that you generate from emergencies, true emergencies, it's very minute compared to what you could have been doing. Crowns, veneers and all that stuff, which is a high production. You know what I mean? Low overhead, depending on what you do. Endo, right? High production, low overhead. Right. You're not doing you're not doing that if you're not trained to do that. If you know what I mean? So that's the question I'm asking is you're very limited on what you can do. So that means your revenue is going to be limited. So you're coming in out, you're coming out and you're saying, I feel great about this, but no one else feels great about this. And that's what I'm trying well, to let, understand why you guys before, feel great. Before you keep going, let's, let, let's answer your question there. No, no, please. <laughs> so, so, so I, I think we are comfortable that we have a job, but there, but that doesn't go without concerns. Right. Going back. You're right. Patients will be scared to come in. Some some dentists think they're going to be slammed because they're going to have to reschedule all the recall appointments. But I think more people will be scared to go in and more people will be scared to even leave their houses because of right. how infectious the disease is. So I think it's going to be slow off the bat. Right. Um, at least we have a place we can go and we can learn um, as things pick up. And that might be good for us in a way to where we can slowly trickle in. And, you know, it's um, not all at once. Um, but there is, there are definitely concerns. Are people, yeah, uh, just are people going to want to come in? Do people have the money? Right. Is another thing. Right. People have to work. Are they going to be able to make time to come in and see us? Mm -hmm. I, I think appointments that people are going to want to go for, if they can come in, it's going to be early in the morning before work, or it's going to be late in the evening after work for them. So I think our schedule for when we're going to work is going to change. I don't think so, it will. Go ahead, I'm going to let you Dennis. answer right I don't. Th I don't think. I don't think it's going to change very much because 
there's so many people who are unemployment right now uh, that the day's pretty much over. So as far as the early appointment, late appointment, I don't think you're going to see that for at least like three, four months down the road. You know, what about, uh, but what about like not over, getting what about not being able to afford stuff? Um, I think you're going to see that for forever. <laughs> I, 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 I solved before COVID. <laughs> that is true. That is true. Okay, go ahead. I mean, well, please. based on based on uh what I've been hearing and whatnot, and a lot of information, I think uh it's more likely that in the beginning we're going to be booked again with like the recalls and the fact that people have time and they think that the everything's covered by their insurance when it comes to profits or basic cleanings and whatnot so they're going to come in for the first month or two but then it's just going to drop as people start to go back into their jobs or they start to realize the finances and things start to um go back into their normal routine and then when they really start to hit on what's going on and then it's going to slowly trickle back up uh, within the last like six to 12 months so that's what i'm hearing is being the more common prediction of what's going to happen and it's all about how we're going to manage this, the drop and then the coming back up. That's going to determine whether or not a practice is really going to get back on its feet or not. So in, in all this time, in terms of concerns and whatnot, mm-hmm. I've been working very closely with my dad yeah. in managing the practice and um, getting things in order. So um, I've been learning a lot about the in and outs and uh, on every regard when it comes to owning a practice. So um I'm keeping busy, but I'm also like concerned about the future as well. Okay. Uh, let I mean, me, again, go ahead, Dr. Dennis. Uh, both of you all are in really good uh, situations because, I mean, you know, I don't know how old you are. I'm just going to say like 30, 25, 30, something like that. So, I mean, I would assume your, your, your parents are, you know, in their, mid 50s mid to late 50s or whatever so or, or older i mean you, you don't know. need to tell you don't so need to do older. that to your dad so right? or 60 Just, whatever your dad whatever. is young at least at least you know you know if they've been working that long and they have practices it's it's an established practice it's not like it's it opened five years ago or mm-hmm. or less you know so with an established practice um you know i'm sure they have pretty decent financial planning as well over the years so you know, the, the toll that it's going to take on that practice is probably not going to be that, you know, significant as opposed to like a new practice. A new practice could be like, could take a huge financial hit, especially in a, in a place where there's a lot of dentists. Okay. You know, let me ask you a question. Um, and this might kind of clarify a lot more. Um, have either one of your dads had, uh, associates before in the past? Yeah. Yeah. And do they still have associates right now? Uh, not not at my dad's office. He was slowly um, cu- cutting his work hours down, uh, so that way I could come into the practice. So your dad had associate, then they left, and then your dad just was kind of holding on for you to come in and take over. Right. Okay. Right. What, I mean, what about yourself? Uh, my dad has one that comes, uh, and my brother technically is another one. Right. So you, both of them are. Your brother's from, dentist. He's, Sorry, yeah, he's a yes, dentist. He's too, a right? general dentist. Yeah. Oh, wow. He graduated from Maryland uh, two to three years ago. 
Keep it all in the family. Okay. Right, that's really good. Uh, so, okay. so when it comes to um, the overall, like, because again, we've never experienced this before, right? Uh, hygiene is another issue, right? At least, especially for perio. Uh, the hygiene department is probably, we'll say, 25, 30% of your production. And a lot of people, I mean, one of the main issues is aerosol, right? You're basically going to make aerosol when you use the Cavatron or whatever it may be, even hand pieces, right? But we'll just say Cavatron for right now. Um, so hygiene might not come into the picture again until maybe September, October. Right? I'm, I'm assuming. It might be even longer than that. So you've, again, reduced that the amount of um, your revenue, 30% of your revenue. How, do, how, are your, how are you guys going to account for that? Does that make sense? Like when you go out there and you're working with your parents. Because you guys have to get paid. I'm sure you guys want to, you know, uh, have fun. You want to, you know, have a bank Eat. account. Yeah. <laughs> Eat. Right? Yeah. You know what I mean? I'm like, are these something that, again, you know, because you guys are in a very unique position. You're working with family, right? So is this something that you've sat down and said, hey, how is this all going to work out? I mean, we're going to have to pitch in for the hygiene. But yeah. the aerosol part. I'm sorry? The aerosol part, right? I mean, you don't want to. I would yes. back to hand, hand, hand scaling. scaling. <laughs> you're gonna get really good at hand scaling. Right, right. Um, yeah, well, yeah. Go ahead, Amin. Uh, I was gonna say, um, I actually saw um, uh, updated like uh, infection control lecture with mm-hmm. Christian Jordison. Yeah, I listened to the same one. Yeah, nice. okay. So he was talking about like uh, medical grade purifiers for the office, uh, having stuff like that. Um, around and i actually looked into the product he was talking about and how it cleans the air and how it actually um, is antiviral and antibacterial and the different filters that it goes through but the way that the setup that he talked about is each room has its own filter Mm -hmm. and then two main filter units for the big areas and it's supposed to um clean up the aerosols and everything like that because they last in the air for about like four hours mm-hmm. even after so um how, how much are these option we're looking yeah i was like hey, do you know how much they cost how much are yeah. these no, no. yeah it, it's the maintenance too because i looked and the uh filters themselves are like two three hundred bucks and you got to change them like every three or four months and it's just like and how much now, is it, how much is a unit what? to install the unit uh i actually just requested a quote because they won't put the price. <laughs> right. You know it's expensive. It's like going to that restaurant. And when you have like MF. That same <laughs> lecture, Christensen also said, if you follow all of the guidelines that they're recommending at this work. point. You won't ever work. Spend, yeah, you spend all day just wiping the whole room down. You basically have to completely decontaminate the whole room before bringing somebody else in. And all you will do is infection control. And you won't, you'll see maybe one or two patients a day. And it's. Uh, he admits himself, he doesn't have these things in his office. I, he does have the filter filtration in his office, but some of the other things he's like, like there, it's just not feasibly possible to, you know, do this infection control to the, to what the CDC or, um, these agencies are recommending at this point. And it won't ever be feasible to do that and be probably said back in the lab. He said, he said in the lab in the back, he said, forget about it. <laughs> so, yeah. Like do, those sterile plates. If you have an operatory and you have a window, you know how much a fan costs? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> 50 bucks. You're a big old fan. 50 bucks. You put it in the window. You turn it around backwards. Guess what you have now? <laughs> you have a negative pressure room. Yeah. 
And, That's all it takes. See, see, and like then you, you take some yellow tape and uh, you, yeah, you tape it right around. Yeah. You you box out fifty uh, feet away from that window outside. So don't walk here in this in this area. Exactly. Don't walk put into some the cones out. Put some cones out there. Uh, I'm gonna. Uh, I'm gonna. I'm just around. gonna say, to please, go. please, no one listen to what Dr. Dennis just said. <laughs> that is the dumbest thing ever. <laughs> and I am not trying to get sued by anybody who tries this stupid. <laughs> okay. Um. Let's 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 get back. So so one thing that I will say, and I, maybe I, I want I should be a little more positive. I don't know. I feel like I'm being negative. But one thing I will say is, you guys are getting into a great field. I, I absolutely love dentistry. I think that we have to think about what's going to happen, and we have to think about you guys. And meaning the newcomers into the field right because you guys are coming into a shit show let's be completely honest you're coming into a shit show and 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 we don't know what to expect right has anybody sat down i'm talking about your professors or anybody i'm not sure how close you guys are to them but has anybody sat down and said hey this is what you guys are getting yourselves into this is what you're coming out of uh so you know it you know this is what to expect you know what i mean because i remember when we first started dental school in 05 for me they were talking about this is the golden age of dentistry four years later we're in a recession due to the you know the house housing crisis right and they were like well now i can't retire so we're keeping a lot of the older dentists back in order for us to you know what i mean uh for them to kind of make their retirement goals but that's also limited amount of opportunities that we had coming out do you guys see that with you guys? Well, we're basically coming out in a recession, wouldn't you say? Right. So, did, like so did we. <laughs> so did we. And, okay, well, we'll say recession because we don't know yet, but so did we. Right? And so that's the, that's another thing that I remember, you know, for me, I was like, okay, well, I could either go work or go into a GPR. And I ended up going to a GPR to give myself that year, and I learned a lot more uh, in that GPR. Did you guys ever consider doing that instead of going straight into your parents' jobs? Or offices, sorry. Well, that's what I'm trying to do right now okay. uh, with like the post match Imperio. Mm-hmm. So I'm trying to see if I can get in with like an open or anything because mm-hmm. you never know. Um, and like you said, it's better. I, I start a bit sooner. I get that three years done. I come out strong. By that time, hopefully, my dad will have worked with things to uh, bring it back up. And even if I do go into residency, I'm going to still help out around the office as much as I can. All right. What about you, Dave? Uh, I looked at a few residency programs. I only ended up applying to one and I didn't get into it. So I'm going to going to work. All right. Gentlemen. Dr. Um, Dr. Go ahead. Dr. Go ahead. Let's uh, let's take it back to January uh, before any of us thought any of this was going to happen within the United States. Um, did you give us a kind of a uh, a recap on what was going on in dental school because a lot of us in private practice were really flying by the seat of the pants of our pants because you know there was no kind of guidance being issued in the early days from you know Department of Health, American Dental Association, anything like that. It was all right. Well, I guess it's time to close my hygiene department. I'm feeling uneasy about these elderly patients coming in. Well, I guess it's time to, you know, shut the the office down and just see emergencies. So being a fourth year in dental school, what were they telling you from, you know, before everything hit to, okay, it's trickling into California and then New York to the point where, okay, the school shut down. What what did all all of that look like as a student? Uh, They first started. 
think it was in February when things started to actually they started to actually make an impact on things. They first started taking away masks from pre doc or pre clinic, um, from like the first and second years. And they were like wearing bandanas and stuff just to like work on their mannequins. Wow. Um, then they started making us, uh, use our gowns, I think, for the whole day. And then, uh, little by little, they were starting to change things. And then they were, they took away all the shielded masks and only gave it out to oral surgery. And then they took away all the masks and then only gave like, uh, out to the people who were actually seeing patients and not just left them out for people to take. And then I don't recall because things just got so hectic that <laughs> I, they, they weren't reducing patients or uh, restricting oh, yeah. patients coming in. Most of the, I mean, I would say uh, the beginning of March is when I started to see my patients start to cancel on me because they didn't want to come in. But the school didn't make any sort of closures on their end until the beginning of our spring break. Uh, I think it was probably like the 14th. I think it was the 14th of March that they, they said, okay, go to spring break and you're probably not going to come back. And... No. Does uh, does your school have a hygiene department or a hygiene school within it? I was just about to it? ask you that. They do, yeah. What happened? So with were them? they kind of on the same schedule as you guys, like working up until spring break and then don't come back? As far as I know, yeah. They were still going into <laughs> I, rotation and they were still seeing the patients. I, I the wish, ones that would come uh, in. I wish I wish people it's could crazy. see the video because I think all of our eyes is like became <laughs> real bug eyed. <laughs> like, are you serious? So crazy because it, it, we're out here working and 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 uh you know I mean Kyle owns his own practice and then um you know Walter and I you know we we work for these DSOs and uh like there's no protocol like Kyle has to make his own protocol. Cause he's, nope. cause he owns his own practice and then we're in offices and there's no protocol. So we got to come up with our own protocol and then to find out you all have no protocol either. Like it's just, <laughs> it's, it's crazy. It's, it's, it's absolutely no, insane. But, but, but I think what's kind of scares me is I remember in dental school, we were doing everything by the book. Remember we were in gowns and you couldn't, you had to like have 50 million people check you before you even walked left. You know what I mean? <laughs> And I, I would that. think that they, yeah, I would think that they would have been the first to actually get their act together. And you're telling me that they were worse than we were, because I was I, like, hygiene is gone. <laughs> like by February, <laughs> hygiene was gone. And you guys are telling me they waited until spring break. No wonder people were going to Florida. Like this, this all makes sense. I now. mean, <laughs> like, it's only a four-hour drive to New York. It's not like it's not, it's not like we're, like you're in, you know, the. Yeah. In, in Oklahoma, like, yeah, like, yeah, it's wow. crazy. Okay, all right. Well, no, this is just—I don't even know where to go from here. Anybody have anything to say? Like, I'm—I'm I'm actually very surprised that the school of all of all places wouldn't have been like, let's get our, let's do this first. You know, dentists—we're crazy sometimes. I know that we get it, right? When we're working out there, we do and a lot of crazy stuff. Sometimes we just kind of make up our own path as we go along. But I would have thought that the school would have been more like, you know, I don't know, research based. Did they even send anything out? Oh, Dr. Dumper would know all that. Did the ADA send anything out? (laughs) You are the you are Uh, the ADA guru. They 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 would send out 
um, suggestions. They, they were never requirements because they're, uh, as uh, Dr. Dennis has mentioned several times, they're not a governing body. They are more representing our interests, uh, or at least we like to think they're representing our interests. And they would come out with recommendations, but it was you know, the Department of Health is what shut down all dental offices in Pennsylvania. And uh, it's when the state board or the Debar Department of Health get involved that they're the ones you really have to listen to. The ADA, it's just recommendations and guidelines. Um, so, yeah, they it took them a while, but they did eventually start to send out recommendations. And they do have a flow chart out right now uh, of what their recommendations are for seeing emergency and urgent patients. But um, yeah, it took them a while to, to get to that point. Yeah. I think Pennsylvania was more aggressive on the closures and everything like that. Right? Real aggressive. Yeah. yeah mm -hmm. Super aggressive. They were, which was actually really good, I think, but um, we were at a wild, wild west for a while. It wasn't until what March 21st that we finally shut down everything. I think it was, right. yeah, was it 21st, when, yeah, 22nd. Abbott was like, like hey, you can go ahead and uh, shut everything down. All right, well, let's talk about let's talk about your, your overall class, right? You guys have a good feel for your class. How many of, of your classmates do you really think are ready to go out and, and, and start working? That, re, re, let's rephrase that <laughs> okay. question. Go ahead. Let's, let's rephrase no, it. No, I want percentage. How, many, percentage. how many of your classmates would you feel comfortable with being your dentist right now? <laughs> <laughs> That's a good one. That's a very good one. Yes, sir. Yes, rephrase that to, to that uh, question. That's a very short list. I'm sorry. <laughs> uh, so our that, class. That's, that's yeah. a tough one. Huh? <laughs> Our class, I think about 60 to 70% are going into residency. Okay. So I think they don't believe in themselves that they need to get that work done. Uh, Although I, I know, I know, I know you're about to be like, I believe that they, people should go into residency yes. regardless, right? Yes. Yes. Definitely. Yeah. Yes. Because even if you believe in yourself or not, like there's, you still, like dentistry is, a, is, is called, a, it's dental practice. Right. Yeah. It's not, it's not dental perfection. Right. So we're always learning. Oh, we're yes. always learning. We're yes. always getting better. Uh, and I, there's a big jump from jumping from fourth year dental school to actual work practice. Yeah. Like yeah. working in a practice. It's, it's a big leap. And, um, you know, some people can do it and be successful. But uh, the majority of dental students out there just, you know, it's it's it, if they're jumping into that, it's really sink or swim. Uh, and it's not easy, you know, so, uh, something in between kind of gets you over that hump. It helps you out to, you know, move on to the next level. So, um, when, okay, well, I, I feel like a lot of people, and I think Dr. Dennis, you said this before, a lot of people confuse years of, years of working with years of quality experience, you know, just yes. because you've done something a thousand times doesn't mean that you did it right. You just you just been exactly. you've been just doing something a thousand times. But okay, well let's let's talk about uh, um, CE CEs and continuing education, right? Uh, how big um, and how much has your parents or your, your dads? How, how much have they emphasized that? You know, saying, "Hey, dad, I'm ready to work for you," or whatever. How much have they emphasized the whole CE aspect of it for you guys? David's got a good answer to this one. Uh, I'd say it's pretty huge. I'd say for right now, I'm helping out with the office as much as I can at home. 
Uh, we're running like offices, office meetings every day with the staff to keep them engaged. We're doing, we're, we are taking CE courses and keeping them involved that way. Uh, my dad's pretty big into it and I'm where I am going into practice with him. He's paying me as I am a resident, as a resident. Nice. And he'll be, and then he'll be paying for all of my CE. So I've made a schedule, uh, planning to go out to Spear a couple times, plan to do some gold dent atraumatic extractions we're looking for a hands-on endo course so he's really big into taking this year working with him to get as much ce as i possibly can that's awesome that is really cool that's actually very smart i like that what about you i mean uh yeah i mean my uh, my dad's always pretty big on ce um keeping up up to date and just seeing what's out there like recently i just saw a c about uh ceramic implants and uh, uh, the supposed transition from metal to ceramic that's happening and how more and more the 10-year threshold of research has come out about ceramic implants saying how they're much better and whatnot. So, so you do know that ceramic is metal, though. It's transitional metal. It's still so metal. That's, that's the thing that he was talking about. Yeah, exactly. It's, it's somewhat of a transition, but he was going into the the actual name and how when it's zirconium it's the metal but when it's zirconia it's a different form it's oxidized and so that's why he was saying um it was it's technically not a metal well, if so you look on the periodic table, no, yeah, it Gary, is a transitional Gary, metal. Gary, Gary yeah. I think what he's trying to get at is, so for, for example, the issue with titanium right now is the fact that sometimes there's like a coding that's on there. And a lot of people are blaming that coding, the HA coding, on the titanium, right, which allows for uh, osteointegration for, for the bone to fuse to the implant. Uh, they're basically saying that that coding is falling off. And that's what's causing a lot of the implant failure. So zirconia doesn't have that coding. Correct me if I'm wrong at any time. And there's that's what they're seeing to actually be a little bit better. Well, they're saying that the HA is actually ceramic. That, that's the ceramic coating that they put around. HA the, is hydroxyapatite. Yeah, so what they right. do is they spray the metal with hydroxyapatite, which hydroxyapatite is a main component of any mineralized tissue in the human body. Right. Your, your bones, your teeth. Dentin, cementum, all that. Like hydroxyapatite is the the main mineral component. Um, So that's actually coated, sprayed on, or painted, whatever, sprayed on, coated on Mm -hmm. to the actual implant. But what Doctor Akafa is saying is that the that coating is detaching from the the smooth surface of the implant. And that's what's causing the failure. At least that's what they believe. But everybody has their own theory, you know. But that's, that's good. You know, the more you kind of learn about where dentistry is going, you know what I mean? The more – what uh, let's talk about your schooling. Uh, you know, so the future of dentistry, right? We're going into more milling of um, crowns, uh, using lasers. We're going into three-dimensional uh, uh, dentistry, right? We're going into CBCTs and stuff like that. How much were you guys exposed to stuff like that? David? <laughs> Yo, Dave. Dave you know what I mean. Just go ahead and hang up. We'll talk to Dave. <laughs> no, I mean you guys both went to the same school, right? Did you not see? Did you see three dimensional imaging like CBCTs? Did you see, yeah. you know, lasers? You know, stuff like that. Did you guys see all that? Did you get trained with inter- uh, 
intraoral scanners? Were right. you uh, using CAD CAM units to, to mill crowns? Were you guys doing any kind of 3D printing capabilities at the, the dental school? All of this up and coming technology, that kind of stuff. That's it. Uh, they were they were there, uh, the CEREC machines, but there was like special clerkships and stuff where you got to use it more. But so not, anyone had the opportunity to use them. But not everybody, as, not everybody used them. No. I don't the, the access was, was, was a little limited because you had to have spe- specific cases and you had to have specific requirements to be able to get to use it. You have to have like, to be able to do a, a Sarah crown, they wanted to have one or two crowns conventionally before you jumped up to the CAD cam. And so we had the Omnicam in the clinic that we had access to. And we would learn, and it would take two appointments versus, you know, doing it in a day because it would, the teacher was working, or the professor that were working with you more closely. So it was, there was some exposure, but if you really wanted to have the experience with CAD CAM and the milling, you really had to push for it and you had to make, make yourself known. As for the laser, it's very special circumstances, whether you were allowed to use it or not. I was able to because I have an, I had an aesthetic case where we had to do some, gingival contouring, uh, preparing for a few crowns. Uh, so I was able to get to use the the diode laser, but I don't think everybody had the opportunity to. I mean, that's good that you all had that uh, technology available. Uh, I mean, I, I, when I was in dental school, that stuff wasn't like was unheard of. Right. You know, so I go, we didn't have any access to any, any of that type of stuff, you know? So, I mean, if you were able to, if you weren't able to, use it i don't think that's going to be any type of uh hindrance or anything yeah like it, you know because you're going to do so much ce when you come out you're gonna have, you know you're gonna there's gonna be so much more technology that comes out that didn't exist before right. and all that uh but i mean if you if they have it and you're available to use it or see it or whatever then you know it's definitely a good thing well let me play devil's advocate here for a second right so dave i'll be honest with you it sounds like you got the fullest amount uh, I mean, for your money, what you paid for, you got, you got everything right. Dave was using lasers. He was using CBCT. <laughs> yeah, he, it, much so good. But the question is, that's just Dave. You still had, how many people were in your class? 130. 130. So 129 people did not do what Dave did. Do you believe that that's fair? <laughs> Dave was an yeah, all-star. We won. got that. We got that Dave was an all-star. But 129 <laughs> people did not get to do anything remotely to what Dave did. Do you think that that was fair for the same people that are paying exactly the same amount? Unless Dave was paying more. Were you paying more, Dave? Uh, I wasn't paying more, but I think... <laughs> my man. <laughs> so, therefore, so, therefore, the school, the school did not do you guys justice. Tell me if I'm wrong at any time. The school didn't do you justice. The whole class, that is. Well, I think that... It, it's a lot of luck, too, on what type of patients you And that's get. bad. You should not depend on your career on luck. Don't listen to that guy. <laughs> no, it's a truth. This is dental school. There is a lot of luck when it comes to patients. Patients. At every, at every dental school. What about, that what about materials? The majority are going to graduate on time, and you all have the same minim, minimal competence as anyone else is graduating. Granted, it is minimal. <laughs> But, but it's the same across the board. It's the same across the board. So Dr. Dennis agrees with me. He's just trying to be nice about it. <laughs> you agree with me. You know, Dr. Dumper, please tell us. You're, you're the middle man. Let's break this up. What do you so, think about everything that's, that's, that's being said right now? 
with, uh, I came out of dental school. I going into dental school, I, I just wanted to get out. I was sick of work, uh, sick of school. I just wanted to work, get out, start making money. I found personally, the more I learned in dental school, which I wasn't happy with my dental school education, to be honest with you. Um, that's why I signed up for a residency and that's where I learned the bulk of the skills that, you know, the, the base of skills that I had. And then after that, that my GP, my residency got me hooked on continuing education. And from that point, the more continuing education I took, the more I realized I didn't know. And it kind of turns you into a CE junkie where I don't want that patient coming into my office and me not being able to answer their question or be able to figure out what's wrong with them. And when it happens, sometimes you just look at somebody and say, I'm sorry, I, I know there's something going on, but I don't know what it is. You know, I'll refer you to somebody else, get another set of eyes on you. Maybe they're going to see something I don't, but uh, it's the more you're exposed to, whether it's technology experiences uh, continuing education, networking with other dentists, uh, the better dentist you're going to be. So I think dental school really gives you that minimum. And uh, I think they should be giving you a lot more for what the, the prices that they're charging. Uh, but that's probably for another podcast. But um, <laughs> that's, uh, uh, yeah, I, I definitely think you guys are doing it right by, you know, planning on getting as much continuing education as you can in. Uh, especially coming being in dental school right now and the first couple of years, that's when you really got to hit it hard. You'll save a ton of money because there's a lot of uh, fourth year dental student or new grad discounts where you can save a lot of money and, and get that education in early on. And whatever you invest right now in education, it's going to pay itself off 10, 20, 30 fold over the course of your career. Yeah, I I 110% agree with exactly what Dr. Dumper said. Uh, I, I, I truly believe that you two are exemplary when it comes to how much you guys have gotten out of the dental school. I really believe that there are a lot of people that don't get as much as you guys did. Uh, but I do also believe in exactly what he said, which is continuing education is the key. Right. Uh, thank you guys for coming on and being so open and so honest. I really do appreciate that because not everybody can come on and, and be, you know, uh, teased as much as you guys did by myself <laughs> and, you know, and have to listen to our BS. But no, honestly, thank you guys so much for coming on because your honesty will hopefully allow other people to hear what's going on in dental schools. And, and, and maybe when, you know, you have a, undergrad student once they get back to school and they want to go into dental school they can look to you guys and say okay what can i do to get the most out of dental school or where can i apply to dental school and what do i need to look out for and i hope that this allowed people to kind of think differently of, of what to do with their careers and you guys are coming to a good field i truly do believe the dentistry is a really in incredible field i wouldn't do anything else because i don't think i can you know what i mean but <laughs> <Agreed>. <laughs> thank you dr dennis um but i will say that no honestly this field is really incredible you get to do everything that you want to do and that's something that no one's been able to take away from us yet. And I hope it never happens, you know. So thank you two for coming on. We definitely appreciate you guys. If you guys want to come back on for anything else, just let us know. If anybody wants to reach out to you guys, can you give us uh, some connects that, you know, we could, uh, you know, reach out to you guys for maybe dental students that want to be you guys, you know. 
Oh, of course. Uh, thank you again for having us on. And uh, yeah, thank you my, very much. Yeah. Uh, anyone can email me at any time. It's pretty much my name, amin.solari at gmail.com. Um, A-M-I-N dot S-O-O-L-A-R-I at gmail.com. Thanks for having me, guys. I appreciate it. You can reach out to uh, me on Instagram, dental underscore Dave 2020. My man. <laughs> You might, oh, you might we, want to get rid of that 2020 part. No one cares about you guys, Dr. Dennis. <laughs> Dr. Dennis. <laughs> no one cares about your Instagram at all. Okay, you guys, you're not graduating 2020. <laughs> we we, we want to know where the future's going, not where it's been. <laughs> no, it's all good. Thank you, guys. No, honestly, this was a lot of fun. I really appreciate you guys for, for coming on. Thank you. Thank you for listening to Tooth Be Told. If you have any questions or comments, please email us at realdentist with an S at gmail.com. That's realdentist, R-E-A-L, dentist with an S at gmail.com. Remember, the opinions on this podcast are just that, our professional opinions. The final decision about your health should be made by you and a trusted dental professional.